Hi, everyone. After an extensive time away, more than any of us had planned for, welcome back to the Body Lists podcast. It is hard to believe that the last time we got to, together to record a show was our Super Bowl recap show when the Rams defeated the Bengals. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. Trenton, how are you? Hey, Bilal, would you believe if I were to tell you that I'm absolutely fantastic? I would have expected nothing less. <laughs> Good to see that after all these months, you're still doing well. Yeah. How are you doing, Bilal? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Getting ready to start up the season again, restarting the show, getting a chance to talk with you again. I mean, it's nice that we both maintain that interest in continuing our show and to talk about our favorite sports, despite these long breaks that we've occasionally had. We never planned for them, but sometimes life just gets in the way and you have to take a break. But right now we've managed to make the time right as football season is about to begin. And if you remember Trenton, we originally started this show back in January of 2020 before the COVID-19 pandemic started. And today we're launching our fourth season. Wow. Fourth season. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like that at all. <laughs> Not at all. And it is something that I've been glad and fortunate to continue to do with you. And there have been times where you think, was that our last episode? Because we've gone on a seven month break, but we're back now. And let's, uh, let's get into it. Yep. So with this being our first show of the season and our first show since, like you mentioned, February, uh, let's try and cover as many topics as we can in sort of our general rapid fire analysis style. And I mean, we won't be able to cover absolutely everything that happened, but at least this way, uh, I'd say we'll have a clean slate and go into the start of the season for next week. So, Bilal, are you ready to start this off? Trenton, let's ride. <laughs> well, that's a that's a nice way to start this off because uh, I happen to have heard that multiple times from a certain star quarterback in the NFL. So, what better way to start this off than to go with Russell Wilson being traded in this offseason to the Denver Broncos of all places and getting his five year extension 245 million dollar contract with 165 million of that guaranteed i mean couldn't this trade have happened last year maybe when the bears were in the hunt to get him? but i i've gotten over that now i'm sad to start with our quarterback but to think that the seahawks were actually willing to trade russell wilson their franchise guy the guy who's been nothing but a winner since he stepped foot on the field back in 2012 and they traded him to the Broncos. And now the Broncos with their brand new ownership, the Walmart family, obviously uh, if people haven't heard have uh, basically bought the team. And so they decided to reward their star quarterback and give him this massive contract extension going into the season. And if I'm not mistaken, Trenton Russell Wilson will be under contract until the 2028 season. So that will make him, what, close to probably 16, 17 years in the league at that point? I mean, he's – we've always thought that he's going to be here for a long time, especially as he, you know, he tries not to take that many hits. He tries to, he tries to stay alive in the pocket generally. Oh, he's done a great job of it, too. I mean, last year, I think, was the only time he got hurt in his whole career. So, yep. so he's uh, he's ended up in, I think, a, a good place in Denver. I mean, they are, they're more ready, I think, for a, a playoff push and a Super Bowl push than the Seahawks were, especially with... Um, I mean, the Seahawks team is not the same team that Wilson went to two Super Bowls with. I mean, the defense is practically gone. The offense is 
something that he hasn't really been happy with there in terms of system fit, whatnot, and scheme. And I mean, just look at what happened with Bobby Wagner there as well. You know, a star player for the Seahawks, well beloved by the fans, who was just <laughs> unceremoniously dumped onto the sidewalk, yeah, so to speak. Very true. And in and return, they be, get, yeah, he's going to be haunting them with the Rams now. Wagner. Yep, that's true. So. In division, it's not great for them. And also not great for them was that they got, among others, Drew Locke and uh, tight end Noah Fant, was it? I think there was Noah Fant. I believe so. I went to the yes. Seahawks. But, but um, And Drew Locke didn't even win the starting job for the Seahawks. They went to Geno Smith, at least for yep. the first, uh, first start of the season until uh, uh, we see how good – so to speak, Geno Smith plays. But um, look at the Broncos this year and uh, compared to last year. I mean, they haven't even played a game right now, and they're already a much improved team. And it just goes to show you how much the quarterback level can really impact any team. Um, They haven't had a star quarterback since Peyton Manning left in 2015, and they've always been trying to find that replacement but they never could. And the fact that they're giving him a five-year contract extension without having seen him play, and we'll get this in a minute, but they even have a new head coach. So it's like without with a new quarterback and a new head coach, and you haven't seen him play one snap yet with your team in a real live scenario, that matters. Um, it's a big risk or they just have a lot of confidence in their guys. So it's a, it's a new day in Denver. It's true. And that's, uh, it's exciting of course, for Broncos fans. It's terrible for Seahawks fans. And it puts the rest of the AFC West on notice because all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes isn't the, the big superstar in the division. He's got yeah, a little then, bit of competition. Yeah, and then Justin Herbert is going to only improve. Um, and then Derek Carr isn't that bad. Like he's good enough. Like that division is full of good quarterbacks and good teams. At least looking at on paper at the moment. And receivers. There we'll you get, go. We didn't get to that a little later, but yeah, uh, we could we could talk about the whole show on the on the depth of the <laughs> the competition within the AFC West, but uh, we got to move on. Yep. And we'll move on to somebody who hasn't moved on. And that's our good well, friend, Tom Brady. He, he did try. Yeah. He, he went into retirement. He, he rode off into the sunset uh, only to find out that it wasn't the sunset. It was actually a light bulb, kind of like, you know, a moth that's attracted to light because it thinks <laughs> it's the sun, but it's not actually the sun. So you know, Tom Brady rode off into the sunset and then he realized he's not actually on a horse. He's on one of those like pony stick things that you can get at a, a Toys R Us or some. And then it's maybe not it actually. A, maybe it was sunset. a carousel. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's right. You, you got on a carousel thinking he's riding off in the sunset and it brought it right back to where he started. So Tom Brady's back. He's, um, that's funny you mentioned carousel because they always talk about the QB carousel in the offseason. Tom Brady got on the carousel and ended up in the same place. Uh, so he he left, then he came back. Um, Bruce Arians retired, but that's a, a story for a little bit later. And then Tom Brady promptly went on vacation for the preseason because why not? He's Tom Brady. He's got <laughs> he's, he's to make up for... Uh, ditching his wife with all the kids <laughs> you know, oh yeah oh yeah i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna drop off the kids at school this this fall um yeah definitely oh don't worry about it oh yeah i'm definitely oh by the way i'm i'm joining the bucks again bye <laughs> good luck man I, the guy retires for 40 days and then he comes back he's pulling a brett fart man yeah, but Favre um, did that like two times or something. I think it was like two or three times he made that attempt. But uh, so Brady still got a couple more to go. But and, and then he's in better health and shape than Favre was, I must say. Oh, Favre, yeah, 
definitely without a doubt um you look at where that where, again we were talking about top of quarterback play tom brady's the best player to ever play in the history of the league and then the second he retired it's like all right the bucks are done like they're not going to be doing anything for this year because who do they have a quarterback at the time it was like what blaine gabbert who was their backup <laughs> quarterback and then like 40 40 days later it's like Oh, he's back. All right, they're going to win the Super Bowl. It's just a given. Yeah, it just shows you how much a top quarterback can elevate a team, despite all its surrounding pieces not being uh, not being the best. And you see that you Gronk, Gronk is gone. Like he said, I'm done. I'm not coming back. So... It'll be interesting to see where this goes. And that division is not good either. Yep. Like, there's weaknesses well, in the Saint, with the Saints, the Cardinals. No, not the Cardinals, my bad. The Panthers, the the Falcons. It's like, who's the competition? You don't believe in the Jameis Winston comeback player of the year? Oh, I do. It's just that... <laughs> He's recovering from an ACL injury, and it, that takes time. So until I start seeing Jameis launching 50-yard touchdowns, I have to err on the side of caution. At the same time, we're talking about his Jameis, too, the guy who threw, like, 30 interceptions in a season but also threw, like, 5,000 yards. So it's like there's very varying levels of um, – unpredictable I can't even say the word like you just can't rely on him anyway I'm gonna put it that way I can't I'm not gonna try to correct my grammar at the moment but um and then with the the Panthers their quarterback situation is right now Baker Mayfield and the Falcons their quarterback situation is Marcus Mariota so it's like where's the threat Yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. Very good point. All right, let's uh, uh, yeah, sticking with the quarterbacks. Yeah. You got a got a guy who plays too much video games down in Arizona. Too much video games and not enough studying. Story of my uh, high school life. But <laughs> besides that, <laughs> uh, Kyler Murray had a rather strange contract situation in the offseason but he got his got his extension five years 230 and a half million and uh kind of got his name trashed a little in the in the public light oh please go in detail (laughs) please go in detail (laughs) well his um his contracted mandated four hours of independent study is uh, what they what they phrase it as, and to be fair, four hours of independent study per game week is kind of a strange thing to put in the contract because four hours is not really that much, and um, they what, already do what, a lot uh, of what game study. Position does he play? Uh, he happens to play the position that requires possibly the most study, which is quarterback. <laughs> Honestly, man, the fact that you have to, you're going to give the guy an extension. But at the same time, you're going to put a provision into his contract saying, we're going to monitor you on the team issued like iPad to make sure you're actually studying our playbook and film study. It's like, then why are you giving him the extension? Do you not trust him enough? And then when this blew up on the internet, they finally took it back. But, like, imagine this was, like, 40 years ago. Well, actually, 40 years ago, they wouldn't have iPads. But uh, they probably would have the paper playbooks. But I'm just saying, imagine this, like, 40 years ago, and there was no internet. This would have been in the contract. Because no one would have thought... No one, when they originally made the contract, thought it sounded weird. To ask your star quarterback to study. Yeah. But... Uh, they backtracked, obviously, so he's free yeah. to play as much video games as he wants now. 
<laughs> might even I borrow mean, that. Might even borrow that headset of yours. <laughs> it's true. Trenton's got like a gaming headset on right now for anyone who's tuned in to listen to our show here. I mean, I mean, we already saw Kyler Murray with a headset because uh, mm, Cliff Kingsbury had him calling plays on the sidelines, right? I mean, that's a good exercise, though. You put the quarterback in and let the quarterback call plays in a preseason just so that he gets the other perspective on the other end of how play callers do their job. So, yep. But, uh, but what do you know? Maybe someone was just playing video games online and they were patched into his headset down there and he was giving them tips or directing someone on where to go into a game. I don't know, man. I don't play much video games, but uh, all right, we've spent too much time on Kyler Murray's video game fiasco here, <laughs> but uh, going back right. to uh, more quarterbacks, we have Matt Ryan getting credit to the Colts. Carson Wentz ending up in Washington, and Marcus Mariota ending up in Atlanta. It's the rather interesting trio. Three pretty well-known names. I mean, Matt Ryan is definitely at the tail end of his career, but he can still sling it. I mean, he's. it kind of seems like what you said before with the Broncos kind of riffing off a previous uh strategy in getting a star quarterback to replace and try and make a Super Bowl run. The Colts tried to do that with Phillip Rivers at the end of his career, and now they're trying to do that with Matt Ryan at the end of his career. I mean, the Phillip Rivers thing, that worked, though. Like, they were they were good with him. Mm-hmm. And that's what you said, like, putting in a veteran quarterback who knows what he's doing. And maybe that'll get them some success because they haven't had a guy there, like a stable guy at the position since Andrew Luck retired. Like they've been rotating. It's literally been a game of musical chairs, basically, for that team at the quarterback position. And what, like, the theme of what we've talked about so far is that without a solid quarterback, it's really hard to build a team. Like you could have a great defense, a great running game, but if a quarterback is mediocre. You're not going to get anywhere with that. And that leads to the the Wentz situation, right? Like he spends one year in Indianapolis. Like I, 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 I mm, yeah. Please, please give your opinions on that. I mean, the uh, belief the belief was that he could be fixed in Indianapolis and that well they gave up on that pretty quick yeah so it's it's strange to me that Washington would pick him up when I feel like they already have a a player of a sort of similar caliber in Taylor Heineke who already knows the system in Washington I mean you would think, right? Didn't Heineke also play in like a playoff game or something like a year ago? And yeah, and he looked good. And now Carson Wentz comes in, and how many more chances is that guy gonna get? Like he had a good trajectory of a career going up and up and up and up and up, and then and then that 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 injury, that ACL injury he had, really just knocked him off. And then he comes back, recovers, comes back. All right, up and up and up and up. Hurt again. It's like, like yeah, technically he's won a Super Bowl, but he didn't play in it, obviously, because he was hurt. Um, and then he goes to Indianapolis, and then just didn't they lose at the end of the season to Jacksonville's? Uh, something I feels like so. something tells me they had to win that game in Jacksonville to have a chance yes. to get in the playoffs. And I remember this, it. yes, exactly. Oh man, yep. and as well, there was also rumors following Carson Wentz around that he's not exactly a great teammate, as well. 
So I'm, I mean, the I fact, wonder if that had to do something with it. I think the owner, I don't quote me on this, but I think the owner even came out and said something along those lines. It's like Jim Mercy, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on the quote, but I have a feeling he said it. Uh, I could be wrong though. And then last on our list with uh, Marcus Mariota ending up in the Falcons. Interesting combination here. It's it's a good opportunity for him. Is I this mean, he's, a career like revival coming up? It could be. Uh, I think definitely something that's clear is their style of quarterback that they're trying to get there. Because they got Marcus Mariota, who's a you know a scrambler, very mobile, and they drafted Desmond Ritter, who is also pretty similar mode as Marcus Mariota. So mm-hmm. it's um, I think it's definitely something to watch and see how that unfolds. I don't know if Ritter takes snaps this season as a rookie or if it's all on Marcus. So that's I don't know. That's something I think we'll have to keep watching. And probably the biggest quarterback news of this offseason involved Deshaun Watson. Uh, him. Is that, him. What we'll be, is that what we've just uh, decided to refer to him as? Just him? Well, he's... I he's guess got a lot we'll... of baggage. <laughs> A lot of baggage is a bit of an understatement. Oh, my bad. Um, Yeah. So he's, oddly enough, been suspended by the NFL for only 11 games, I believe it was. (laughs) After originally it was six. Yeah. Uh, I believe he still has multiple legal cases pending against him. Oh, yeah. A lot of them he was trying to settle out of court and uh yeah um, but on the more football side of this what did the cleveland browns do this season this offseason they make any moves mainly him they also uh only gave him the (laughs) highest guaranteed contract in like nfl history they also dissed the player that got them to the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years. Oh yeah. Cause we're going to go for a guy who's not going to, who has a terrible reputation. Probably should never play football again. And we're going to give him a 200, $230 million contract. And like you just said, send the guy who's again, this is Cleveland. We're talking about. Like, they taste some level of success in the past, like, two years. Some remote level of success. After, like, 20 years of nothing. And they just ship the guy out, bring in a complete train wreck. Yep. And uh, that guy is suspended and they have for the- 11 games. And they have the audacity to say that the quarterback that they sent away was a child and they wanted an adult in the quarterback room. And they bring in Deshaun Watson. Just when you think Cleveland has found a way to turn himself around and they prove to you that they're Cleveland. So, yep. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, I can't say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but. <laughs> Cleveland does host this year's National Conference of uh, Massage Therapists. So, anyways, <laughs> moving on to a quarterback with much better, uh, much better personality and uh, less baggage, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a story that is interesting to me. I mean, he came I from... Feel he got, I feel he got tr- treated badly this offseason, but yes, please give yeah. us the background. I mean, he was intention or originally going to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady for the Patriots. Except Tom Brady never retires until he does, and then he comes back. But anyway, yeah. Sorry. Yep. Goes to the 49ers, 
brings them to what two uh two nfc championships in the last three Three years or so yeah Yeah. and then and then promptly gets replaced while he's still there like he gets his successor drafted right in front of him with what was it, the second overall pick in the draft in Trey Lance like that, yeah. and has all, all these rumors against him that Trey Lance is going to take his starting role. And this year, this season, it's basically announced by Kyle Shanahan that Trey Lance is going to be the starter and Jimmy Garoppolo is not. And, but why? But why? Yep. And I mean, by all accounts during training camp, the reports were Trey Lance, very explosive, very talented. Accuracy and decision-making still needs work. So then uh, go play another position. Or sit behind Garoppolo for another year. Made that too, I mean. And instead they have... Why are people so... What's the right word? Why are people so just eager to throw these players out on the field when they're not ready? Yep. What happened to just learning? Yep. I don't know. Strange. An NFC championship game is no small feat. I mean, they beat Green Bay in Green Bay in the divisional round. And then you just toss that quarterback to the side and he barely he doesn't it was essentially he was like on the team, but he was basically non-existent, and they were just trying to shop him around. And then what they do is they give him this like six and a half million dollar contract extension for one year. Okay, good. The backup. Yep. And I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy's great for for accepting this. And he took it. Yeah, exactly. He didn't. By all accounts, it. it seems like it seems like he's very supportive of Trey Lance and very willing to be that clipboard clipboard holder for this year and you know kind of wait his turn for next season and wait I mean, it out. Yeah, I mean you saw the quarterback market this year and it just wasn't it wasn't great. Yep. And Garoppolo will have that market next year. He's still a good quarterback. Like he played he's He's a good quarterback. He's not bad. I never... Yeah. I mean, that's all I can say about it. He's not bad. Um, And any team that has him on is going to be a better team because of it. Um, He's not going to be putting up the numbers like Tom Brady is or Russell Wilson is or Dak Prescott is. But... The fact that he took the 49ers the past two out of three years to the NFC Championship game tells you something that the guy can the guy can play. So, but at the same time, Mark Sanchez also did take the Jets to the AFC Championship <laughs> game two years in a row. So, just one. That's that's true. All right, you got right. some uh, receivers changing positions here? I mean, changing teams here? Yeah, I got some receivers. So you know how Aaron Rodgers has always been kind of picky about his receivers and wants the <sighs> Packers to get him more weapons, get him more help? Well, they did exactly not that when they sent Devontae Adams away to go join the Raiders and said, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, sorry. So Devontae Adams now is with the Las Vegas Raiders rejoining his college teammate, Derek Carr. And by all accounts, they're going to, they're going to run it back and going to try and do some, some great things over there. Will they? I don't know, but I mean, that's the, that's the intention there. It's like you're doing like a radio announcement here, like for programming (laughs) of a television show. Tune in to see well Derek Carr and Devontae Adams running back running back. Tune in at like eight PM on on the CW channel. 
will they will they rekindle their bromance from the college years i don't know <laughs> i mean it's good for both of them um good for i like the move for the one reason that Devonte adams is no longer on the packers and that's uh that's one less threat to worry about when you play the packers but, and uh, funny enough they uh, waited a while in the draft before they drafted the potential replacement, Christian Watson. He was a good no, player. Of course. I mean, but was was funny when they uh, went defense first in the draft in multiple the Packers, rounds. What do you expect? You think they would ever draft yes. a receiver in the first round? Something like that's true. It must be some law up in Green Bay that you can't draft a receiver in the first round. Yeah. You know what they always say, Bilal? There's three certainties of life in Green Bay. Death, taxes, and screwing their quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's good. All right, moving on. Uh, Another star quarterback lost their star wide receiver, and this is Patrick Mahomes, who lost Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, to the Dolphins of all teams. And... I mean, it's a it's a blow to Patrick Mahomes because he loses essentially one of the key pieces of the offense. I mean, the whole thing about their offense is that Tyree Kill is always that threat to stretch the field, and that opens up the short stuff for Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And if they focus on Travis Kelsey, then Tyree Kill burns them. Or even if you give Tyree Kill a screen, he can still burn them anyways. So. Yeah, he goes to the Dolphins, to Tua, and of course we're not going to make any jokes here about Tua's arm strength, but Tyreek Hill does say that he likes Tua's accuracy, which is, I mean, fair. Mahomes can definitely rifle it, but I mean sometimes it's not about how far you can throw it, but if you can give it to your receiver perfectly in stride, Tyreek Hill doesn't have to break stride to catch it and he's gone so i mean it'll be exciting to see both how the chiefs adjust to life without him and how the dolphins adjust to life with him a lot of moving parts here so it's uh just like you said season's about a week away a little little more so we're gonna have to figure out how all these pieces come together retirement news on the coaching side What's with people in Tampa trying to retire? <laughs> well, like I, I know, I know, I know the I know Florida is a place for old people, but like a lot of retirees <laughs> go down there. But <laughs> honestly, guys, something's happening. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, we're running out of time for Bruce Arians to try and do the same thing that Tom Brady did, but Bruce Arians has decided to call it quits, hang up the the headset and he's going to let he's going to let Tom Brady do his thing. He's going to let the Bucks do his thing and he's going to enjoy retirement for a little bit. Until he doesn't again, like he, didn't he retire for one year after the I, Cardinals and then he went to like broadcasting for a year and then came out of that and went to the Bucks. I thought so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, you never know what these things. And uh, yep. I don't know. Because now that I think about it, when we look at our next name on the list, it must be something in the something in the water in the NFC South. Because Sean Payton has also decided to step away, so he's gonna. That was a surprise when uh, that was a surprise to me. Um, just because I didn't think there was any real reason behind doing it, I think that if Jameis came back. Healthy. I mean, when Jameis went down, I believe they were like four and two. So that team was in a relatively good spot. And then they didn't have a quarterback. And then Sean Payton was literally just trying to put put that team together with like glue. And yep. if Jameis came back with another year of Sean Payton, that team could could have been competitive. But uh Sean Payton, like you said, is gone. And now they're with their D coordinator, Dennis Allen. So, which is good in a way that they're promoting a guy from within, a guy who's been there, a guy who's 
studied under Peyton for the past few years, but uh, again, surprise. Yep. And we can run through some of these quick names of uh, coaching hirings and we can go over any that might interest us, but we've got Josh McDaniels who goes to the Raiders. We have Mike McDaniel unrelated going to the dolphins. Lovey Smith, our good old friend, Lovey Smith, former bears coach. Oh yeah. Now being promoted to head coach for the Texans. As you mentioned before, Dennis Allen for the saints, Nathaniel Hackett, OC for the Packers leaves to go to Denver Bronco to, uh, Run it with Russ. Kevin O'Connell goes to the Vikings. Doug Peterson goes to Jaguars to fill the void that was left by Urban Meyer. And Brian Dable goes to the Giants. Are there any here that... uh... Urban Meyer never even had time to really create a void. Like, no one liked (laughs) that guy. He was in and out in like 10 weeks. But, uh, no, the names that come to me obviously are... um... McDaniels to the Raiders and Lovey Smith to the Texans. I mean, McDaniels is getting his second chance. I mean, you never. Yeah, you think that a guy who basically accepted the Colts job a few years ago and then he turned it down at the like the very last moment after basically accepting it again, uh, accepting it. He. The fact that he's ready to take on this job this time around tells me that he's confident in himself. Like he he had that those like two years in Denver back in like twenty ten ish, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and that was just a train wreck. And then he went back, he went back home. He went back to the Patriots. Seems like every Patriots guy who goes to be a head coach. Once they get fired, they just come back home. Like Belichick's got an open invitation. Say, all right, see, I let you go do what you wanted to do, but in the end, you just come back to me. So, um, Bill Belichick just opens the door, and it's snowing outside, and and all these coaches are cold. Bill Belichick just looks at them and goes, "Come in, my son." (laughs) (laughs) That sounds just like. Emperor Palpatine in, in Star home. Wars. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, Belichick's just got like a countdown going. He's like, all right. He's going to be back in like two years. This guy's been back in like three years. So at this point, it's like, how many years is it going to take for McDaniel, M- McDaniels to, uh, to come back to the Patriots? It's going to be one year, two years. Maybe I'll live them all and be like 15 years, but. At some point, he might go back. But anyway, I'm getting way off track. I'm saying that's a good move. Uh, taking that offensive system that's worked well for Tom Brady, worked well for Mac Jones, applying it to Derek Carr. It's uh, going to be fun to watch. And the, the Raiders, they almost made the playoffs. No, they did make the playoffs with uh, with their interim head coach, Rick Passaccia. Who right. literally just picked up the job like at the beginning of the season after Gruden got fired? So the team's good. Um, and then obviously the obvious, then the choice for me again is Lovey Smith to the Texans because, as you mentioned, you can't go wrong with Lovey. But uh, he's he's always got that soft spot, soft spot, soft spot. Man, I can't speak sometimes. For me, so uh, just excited to see what he does, and hopefully he can turn around that team that you've been so closely observing over the past few years. <laughs> yep, that's true. All right, and uh, there were some there were some various rule changes during this off season as well, but we'll touch on one main one, which will make postseason a little more exciting. I guess you could say, perhaps, which is the playoff overtime rule change. Depends on whose side you are. That's true. Uh, It ensures at least one possession for both teams in the postseason, which um, it... I I didn't have a problem with the original rule. 
there's something called you play defense. If you literally can't stop the team from scoring a touchdown on their first possession, then do you deserve to move to the next round of the playoffs? Do you deserve that opportunity? Play defense. Don't let them score. Get the ball back for your team, and then you go score. Why do we need to change the rules now so that both teams have an opportunity to have a possession in the playoffs? It's playoff football. It's do or die, basically. So That's just my thinking on it. Yep. I know people in uh, Buffalo probably disagree with me at the moment, but uh... <laughs> well, the the people in Buffalo are uh, concerned about other things at the moment. But uh, we're <laughs> we're it's okay. They they got a new punter, so they're fine. They'll they'll figure it out. They're good. They're good. Sorry, Bills fans. <laughs> you don't sound too convinced. The amount of time you're saying. They're good. Well, they got a uh, they got Sam Martin, the punter from the Broncos, who they had waived. Did you see a funny clip about Sam Martin in the preseason? He he punted. It was a great kick, like absolutely great. It had a great bounce. It was he was going to pin them inside the five. Somehow his long snapper was the first coverage person to get down there, which is wild. If you consider that of all people, the, the long snapper is the one who gets there first and uh, long snapper gets the ball, keeps running into the end zone, then realizes, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> tosses the ball back out. They call it a touchback and Sam Martin's face, the TV camera just goes to his face and Sam Martin's face is just like a complete, a mixture of just utter disgust at his long snapper. <laughs> like you should have known better, my guy. Oh, man. Imagine that. Yeah. But, I mean, going to uh, more <coughs> happy thoughts in the preseason, there were a lot of stars in the preseason. You know, preseason is always that time where players get to shine and, you know, you always have multiple Cinderella stories that are coming through. So I guess who, one of them that sort of... I have Damian Pierce for the Texans, running back, rookie, possibly the best running back out of this draft class, who looked like a, an absolute monster for the Texans. Uh, we have for the Cowboys, Cavante Turbin, who, if you might remember, if you watched the USFL this past summer, he was voted the MVP of that league. And in one game in the preseasons, he returns both a kickoff and a punt for a touchdown. I did see that, yes. For the Cowboys. And after that, they basically pulled him from the game and said, yeah, we don't need to see anymore. <laughs> You're on the team. Good job. Good for and, him. Uh, finally, for the Steelers, I put two people here. Number one, George Pickens, wide receiver they just drafted. Great receiving threat and absolutely burying cornerbacks as a blocker. There's no uh, there's no Deion Sanders here. <laughs> no. He, he goes up. He pretends to make a release and puts both hands in the chest of the cornerback and sends them flying. And we have Mitchell Trubisky, near and dear to our hearts, as a former Bears player who's has, – has he been – no, I don't think the Steelers have announced a starter yet for week one. He, he, it's going to be his job. I don't see um, – what's I his know. name? Can, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Um, yeah, for some reason I was thinking Kenny Pickens, but I realized that's the other Steelers player on your list. Right <laughs> but yeah, yes, Kenny, Kenny Pickett played well. Um, but I just think uh, the veteran presence of Trubisky being in the league for the amount of years that he is, I think this is probably his sixth year, if I'm not mistaken, fifth or sixth. One of these, and then he took that one year to sit behind Josh Allen and learn from a good quarterback. And it's a new, new and fresh environment, and it's going to be good to, good for him, I think. He needs that right now, and he played well in the preseason. 
Hence why he's on your list. Yep. I agree. Couldn't have said it better. All right. I think that... Time for some Bears news? I think time for some Bears news. All right. New head coach Matt Eberflus and new general manager Ryan Poles are instantly sparking some life in this team. Your initial thoughts from what you've seen this offseason and the preseason on the new head coach, the new Matt and Ryan. (laughs) I was just about to mention that. How, How strange is it that we get another Matt and another Ryan? to replace our uh, previous Matt and our previous Ryan. They probably didn't want to pay for the parking signs to be replaced. That's a good point. That's a good point right there. Uh, Iberflus was brought in to change the culture. He was brought in to change the culture and the mindset, and he's somebody that was beloved by Colts fans and players. And Ryan Poles was brought in to try and build the roster in, I would say, I guess, a similar mode that the Kansas City Chiefs had since Poles was formerly with the Kansas City Chiefs for many years and through multiple regimes, which is always Mm -hmm. a good sign. I like what I'm seeing. I mean, it's only the offseason. Season starts in a week or so, like I said. Check in with me then if I if we like what we saw in week one with the starters are playing. But I just feel that this there's like you said change the culture of that of this team. This team we had a great 2018 season, but after after that high of that season, it's been just downhill ever since. And getting this team back to what it should be, there's just like that energy that people in the outside world right now are not seeing. And apparently a Sports Illustrated prediction came out yesterday or today, one of these days that has the Bears going 3-14. and 14, And this, I just don't see that happening. Right? Uh, we'll get into the preseason of what we saw and what we liked about this team. But I just, there's a, there's a new energy flowing in House Hall. And this, this coach, Eberfus, is the reason for it. And then Poles, he's an aggressive GM. The guy knows what he wants. He knows the type of players he wants. And he's not afraid to go get what he wants. He He's doing what he believes is the right at this moment and in the future for the Chicago Bears. He's not worried about the big names he's bringing in. He's looking at the talent. And are these people that can be coached? Are these people that will gel well with the current players that are there? Can we win with these guys? And he knows what he's doing. Hence why he's made some big moves, such as trading Khalil Mack, which I believe you and I both loved on the team. The guy is an outstanding player, but he just didn't fit with what the future of the team is planning to look like. So I why keep him around when you can get something out of it by trading him to the Chargers? So, and then this is more of your specialty, but the draft. Poles had a, we came in with like, what was it, like five draft picks or something? We left with like the most draft picks or tied for the most draft picks out of any team. So, Yeah, and something definitely that was concerning, I think, to a lot of people is that Poles was not drafting a wide receiver early, not with their early picks. Instead, he went defense twice before he went and took Valus Jones, who, of course, has had a sense, though, right? A defensive head coach is going to probably, it's a specialty for defense. So, why why don't we get someone who can help us that way? But, yeah, sorry, continue. Yep, and no, you're you're totally right. I mean, Kyler Gordon, the Bears had a hole at cornerback next to uh, Jalen Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets Kyler Gordon, who can instantly come in and hop in that row. Now you have two young cornerbacks who can lock down those two outside roles for years to come. 
you have Jaquan Brisker, who now fits into the strong safety role, who is rated as an absolute steal, where Polo's got him because he was arguably the top best pure safety in the draft. And he can fit a role that Adrian Amos last had. I mean, after Adrian Amos, it was basically a, a rotating door at who they were putting in that spot at safety. So again, Jaquan Brisker is a tough physical, you know, run stopper, can also play coverage and fits the philosophy of what the team wants. Phelous Jones was a fascinating choice. Super speedy guy. Everybody calls him old. He's only 25. Um, I mean, that's not that old when you consider that, you know, he's going to play at least for a few years. And if his best time with the Bears are those few years, then that's already more that you've gotten back from drafting him, right? Uh, And other than that, I mean, got a ton of offensive line talent later on in the draft, just developmental prospects, athletic freaks kind of that, Ryan Pose as a former offensive lineman, he has an eye for it. And, you know, he takes multiple swings because multiple swings is good. You get Tristan Ebner running back. All right, another deaf piece. Trenton Gill, a punter to replace Pat O'Donnell. And, I mean, Gill has been pretty good in the preseason. He's had some pretty good punts. Dominique Robinson, a edge rusher who looks athletic and a more raw, younger version of Robert Quinn. Braxton Jones has been the surprise of the preseason up in the starting lineup. Everybody thought he's going to be a kind of developmental talent offensive line. And what do you know? He just develops so quickly that he now slated to be a starter on the offensive line. So, I mean, out of this draft class, it wasn't a super flashy one. They didn't pick the biggest names, but Ryan Pose filled multiple slots that needed a starter. And it's crazy to get that from a draft class. Agreed. A hundred percent. I mean, we got to build this team somehow, right? And you build your team through the draft. And then you just keep adding the pieces as they become available to you. So the Bears have Next year, they're projected to have the most cap space out of any team. So we'll do what we can this year. I like what we've seen. I mean, we've played three preseason games, and they've been good. Like, to your uh, – here's a question for you here. What, what are your thoughts on the new-look offense, the Lou Getze-run offense? It fits more of what – Justin Fields needs and not only that I feel like just the the cadence the play calling just like you know play calling play calling is like a story I'll put it that way right you need it to flow you need it to make sense I felt like when Matt Nagy was doing the play calling it was just a bunch of plays that were thrown together whereas with Luke Getze it kind of feels like you know, we're going to start with the run and then we're going to go some other plays and then we're going to go back to that run formation that we had before, but now we're going to run play action out of it. So he's kind of setting it up mm-hmm. multiple moves in advance and in the future. Right. So, I mean, just it's a game just, of chess. Right. And it's the Shanahan system, basically. And that works. Riff. Right. Right. I mean, lots of teams recently have gone to the playoffs and the Super Bowl with that offensive system or a variant of it. So it makes mm-hmm. sense. This is this is the kind of modernized NFL offense that we wanted, that Bears fans have been looking for. And it's not something flashy like what the Chiefs are doing or the air raid that the Cardinals are doing. I mean, when you when you hear Shanahan system, you think old. You think of the Broncos from the 90s kind of offensive system. Led by Owen. Yep. 
but it's a system that has endured for so many years and has had great offenses for so many years because it can adapt. Mm-hmm. And the, the practitioners of the scheme are able to adapt and integrate modern stuff into it. So I'm incredibly happy with it. Take, take, a, take a look at the, uh, this, the last preseason game, right, where the starters played the most. It was a, a roughly the first half. Justin Fields goes, I may get the numbers wrong a little, but you'll get the idea. He goes for like uh, four out of 14 out of 16, 150 some yards, and three touchdowns, no interceptions. And it, like there were multiple instances of him like just being in a rhythm, getting the ball to his players. The running game was working. Spreading around the ball around different players, and it it worked. It was an offense functioning. Yes, it was a preseason game. Yes, it was against Cleveland, and yes, a lot of Cleveland's main stars were not there. But I don't care. I needed to see that offense clicking and working, and it was, and that that made me happy to see a functioning offense in a game. Like, and you look at the previous games that they had played, the Chiefs won. They had very limited um, time out there. But even on the Seahawks game, they took the ball down the field and they didn't score a touchdown, but they still took it down on their possession and they took the field goal. So, like, this team, this offense is coming together right now, and there's 17 weeks to go now where they will be continuing to get better and better with every game, with every play that comes along. This might be the time where Justin Fields really breaks out. Like, everyone's doubting him. And why not take that, that like, motivation right there? It's like everyone's thinking this team is going to be trash. Let's just take that little motivation and, Applied to the the game and prove them all wrong because it could happen. I like it. I like this team. Not that I've ever yeah. not that I've ever said that I don't like them, but I mean, I really like them this time right now. So, and I mean, speaking to that point as well, Justin Fields, both in the pre-draft and also post-draft, and also by this coaching staff, he's been called multiple times just really smart, really cerebral. He studies well he's able to figure out things well he what was it he had like a kind of test or something done pre-draft where he came out to have the best memory to be able to basically hear play calls see play calls and basically regurgitate it and explain it on later on in the process you see the guy in like interviews and just on the sideline with his coaches he seems more relaxed. He knows he's the guy now. There's no Andy Dalton taking the number one spot and Justin Fields being the number two. He knows it's his team. He's the guy. This team's success is going to be dependent on his arm. And he has to now just take that next step and be the quarterback that we can all hope and expect him to be, and he can hopefully, he and Eberflus, I know we said this with Trubisky and Nagy after that first year, uh, we didn't even have a show at that point, but like just the overall idea was that they were going to be like this future of the Bears, but I think Eberflus and, and Fields can be that next pairing. Like, it just has to click, and I think it's on its way to uh, to clicking in the right direction. So, and the last major piece of the Bears' news revolves around Roquan Smith. You wanna you wanna take that, Trenton? Ah. Uh, uh... <laughs> Roquan Smith, he's been waiting for his deal. He's been trying to negotiate that deal. 
he's been trying to negotiate it himself actually which is yeah that's that's never exactly a good thing uh supposedly what was it he's had um a speaking for him by the name of saint omni or something like that before which many others basically said is a rather shady character um and it didn't exactly turn out that well in Roquan's in Roquan's favor. So he's decided that he's not going to have a hold in anymore. He's going to play out this season and come back at it in the next offseason to figure out what his, uh, what his future situation is going to be with the Bears. But by all accounts, he wants to stay. He wants a good deal. He wants to be able to stick with his teammates and to be that next great linebacker for a Matt Eberflus defense, which is what um, Shaq Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard, did with the Colts. So, I mean, that's the hope. And I don't – what's the right way to put this? I never heard of a hold in. You always hear a hold out. I mean, Roquan, he was there every day. He was on the sidelines. He was warming up during the preseason games. He just never played and, like, wasn't practicing, but he was still there. It's, it's a very interesting situation. And like you said, the guy has no, has no agent. So he's doing it all himself. And then they were – the Bears apparently offered him a contract extension which they said parts of the contract were record-setting. But Roquan felt disrespected somehow by the team. But at the same time, the player is negotiating on his own behalf. It's like this is the reason that agents exist, because players are emotionally invested in their contract and their team. It is their livelihood. Agent's job is to be that middleman to balance his client's interest while trying to negotiate the best possible deal for both sides. But when the player himself is doing it, there's going to be issues. So I just hope that next year when this process starts all over again, that Roquan gets the deal that he wants and feels respected. At the same time, it helps the Bears. And like I said earlier, the Bears are going to have the cap space to do it. So it's good to see that he's put this past him for now and he will be on the field because Roquan is a good player. Like that def- He's the heart and soul of that defense. And with a defensive-minded head coach like Matt Eberflus at the reins, it's going to be quite – that defense is going to be dangerous and – I can't wait to watch him. Yeah, I mean, going back to preseason, players are flying to the football on defense for the Bears. It's it's something that I, f- I feel like didn't really think about before, but when I saw it in even the first preseason game, I was like, yo, this is, this is different. This is yeah. something that we haven't seen for a while. And every level of players – First string, second string, third string, fourth string, whatever string you want, it didn't matter. They were all coming with that same intensity to play to play Chicago Bears level football. Like there's a there when you say you play for the Chicago Bears, the the minds of the old linebackers like Budkiss, Erlacher, Singletary. They come up like that hard-nosed football, and they were playing that in preseason. So I just can't wait to see what's going to happen in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, Matt Eberfuss brought in and he said hustle. He said intensity. He said takeaways. He said playing smart. And it just hits different. The hits hits principle, exactly. (laughs) See what I did there? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You you already knew it was coming. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, who was it? Jalen Johnson. I believe he said when this first came up, 
he didn't really buy into it. Like, I mean, yeah, a coach comes in in his first, like, press conference or his first interaction with you, he's going to lay out some acronym. I was like, all right, this is our, our hits principle. It's like, okay, what's this guy talking about? Like, this is me speaking. It's like, what, what is he talking about? And then imagine how the players or think. It's kind of, like, cringeworthy in a way. It's like, but then you slowly buy into it. And these players have done that. And it's things are coming together at the right time. And a lot of these people in the national media or just who aren't following this team as closely as you and I are, I have a feeling will be surprised, pleasantly surprised in how good the Chicago Bears will be for the 2022 season. Now, I'm not saying they're going all the way to the Super Bowl, which I definitely would obviously love them to happen, but love it to happen. But for the sake of this show, I think 10, 11 wins is possible. And we can, we'll get into this next week even more once we start making our like beginning of season predictions and diving more into actually covering week one. But I am happy as a fan of the Chicago Bears and excited to see what's going to happen. So, yep, I agree. Absolutely agree. So, the last time we did this was February. I think we've knocked the rust off. I'd, get, I'd get, say get, so. Getting ready to get back in the swing of things here every week. Unless obviously something comes up, then we'll figure it out as it happens because life does get in the way occasionally. But we try to limit our, what do you call them, distractions. And we're going to try to keep a normal pace of schedule for the season. And then we'll see where this leads to in the offseason from there. But it's been good talking to you again. I can't wait to get back to football. First game is next Thursday, and we'll have a show before that previewing that game and all of the games that are to come. So I think I think that that does it for us this time. Yeah, it, I'm hyped. It's going to be another great season and another great podcast season with you, Bilal. All right. Thank you, Trenton. And thank you all for listening to the By the Laces podcast. Like we just said, we'll be back with another, with another episode. We hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Don't forget to follow us at BillMallard15 and Trenton underscore Cito. Please stay safe and enjoy. Wait, does he say let's ride because it's a horse? <laughs>